Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now every time I have an open house, it's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. Hi, I'm Robert Sex Reese, host of the Dr. Sex Reese Show. And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues. And yes, I despise every minute of it. I yeah. mean, she, she made mistakes too. Right? That's I mean, true. She, she did she, kill everyone at her wedding. But hell is real. We're all trapped here. And there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't you? Listen to the Dr. Sex Reef Show every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Army Hammer has allegedly checked into a treatment program. Pandemic short-term memory loss is a thing. And we're talking with Kirby Beaton about all the books you need to add to your summer reading list ASAP. It's June 9th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. All right, so we're opening today's episode with some disturbing news about Army Hammer. So listener discretion is advised. And if you need to skip ahead, please do. According to a new report in Vanity Fair, Hammer has checked into an inpatient facility for drug, alcohol, and sex issues. This comes after a months-long scandal in which the actor was accused of abuse by multiple women. In case you forgot, earlier this year, screenshots of graphic messages he allegedly sent to different women were leaked online. The messages detailed sexual assault, rape, and even cannibalism. Last March, Vanity Fair printed a full-length article on the scandal, which included details about the Hammer family's controversial history. Drew Hammer, Army's mother, wrote a response to the piece, and the publication is finally sharing it now. She said, quote, I forgive you for writing such a scathing article on my family. I don't understand the position of destroying families in the press. Every family has something. But what I know is these Jewish hammer men you tore apart in your article have all come to know Jesus as their Messiah. I believe that is why I was placed in that family. I'm asking for mercy and grace as Jesus gives all of us and asking you to please stop degrading my family. So this is the definition of not reading the room. You know, the thing that really stuck out to me is when she said every family has, quote, something. And it's like, this isn't some, you know, grudge that you're holding in your family for a few years, not talking to a weird uncle or whatever. Like, these are serious allegations it's not just something you can brush under the rug. And I can understand she's wanting to defend her son, but this is, this was unnecessary. It was off. (laughs) 
you know, that wasn't even the whole letter and the privilege that's oozing from it. It just comes as someone who's never had to take accountability for something. And it just seems wild that it's like it's the the blame is being turned on Vanity Fair. And it's like, no, Vanity Fair was doing their job and reporting on something that allegedly happened. Especially like in an article that is like about Army supposedly taking accountability Mm. and like finally getting help. And then she's trying to discount that by saying, like, basically, he did nothing wrong or like we shouldn't even be acknowledging it in the Mm -hmm, first place. mm -hmm. Okay, so moving on, we're going to talk about something that's been happening to a lot of us, especially me during the pandemic, like literally forgetting what someone has told you or where you put your phone or like even what day it is. Turns out it's not your fault. (laughs) Psychologists say you can blame it on the pandemic like everything else. And I will be doing that. As we break into a post-pandemic world, we've got more on our minds than we did even a couple of months ago. So memory loss is becoming more common. Daniel Schachter, a psychology professor and author of The Seven Sins of Memory, recently told Vice, quote, when you're thinking about what am I going to say to my friend when we meet up or what am I going to have for a meal at this restaurant? You're just heightening the chances of forgetting something like your phone charger. The good news is that there are solutions to this memory loss. They include not beating yourself up for forgetting things, systematically searching for the things you've lost and even setting up a designated drop zone for items you tend to forget. Um, this is me. (laughs) The not beating myself up is going to be tough because I do that all of the time. You know, your brains are mean to you, but, um, it's, but it's, it's true. This does make me feel better because there have been times during this pandemic where I've been like very concerned. Like when someone will ask me what I had for lunch the day before. And I'm like, I do not know. Do not ask me again. It's like a fog. You know, my thing, which is really bad, um, is I'll be watching cable, which is very rare these days. And when the commercial comes on, I forget what I was watching. And it was like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) (laughs) like literally the second it's not in front of my face anymore. My brain just goes blank. I'm like, huh, what was that? What was I watching? And then it comes back on. and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's it's way worse than that's incredibly not relatable. <laughs> that's so relatable. See, but now I'm concerned that I'm going to spend the rest of my life being like, oh, it's just the effects of the pandemic. And then it's like, no, Casey, we need to figure out your memory. No, no, no. Let's blame the pandemic. Let's continue to do this. I don't want to be accountable. <laughs> okay, okay, good, good, good. Okay, so moving on. After a year of lockdowns and isolation. Many of us found refuge in books, and judging by the overwhelming amount of new summer reading material, publishers hope the trend will continue post-pandemic. From a witch trial novel from Rivka Galkin to an espionage thriller from Kathy Wang, there's definitely something for everyone. And BuzzFeed's Kirby Beaton has narrowed down our best bets for the perfect literary escape this summer. Hi, Kirby. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yes. Okay, so you and I work on the books team together, but aside from the occasional book club book, I feel like we read pretty different things. So just what are some of your favorite books right now? What has really stuck a chord with you? Yeah, I know. We really, I've been trying to get you to read a fantasy book for, I think, as long <laughs> as I've known you. <laughs> Has not worked yet, but like, I will keep Kirby, trying. Correct me if I'm wrong. Shyla is a big romance reader. That's where we'll find her, right? Yep. Yeah, we literally <laughs> call her the romance queen. Like in book club, if you want a romance <laughs> recommendation, like 
yeah, she is the girl to go to for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So sci-fi for you fantasy. Yeah. I'm a big sci-fi fantasy person. Yeah, definitely. Um, historical fiction. I've actually started reading a lot more widely over the last few years, which has been really fun. So I feel like 2021, I've kind of read a lot of different things that I've really enjoyed. I just read, this is not new, but I just read, this is how you lose the time war, which, you know, was all over my feed and it blew my mind. It was, it's like 200 pages and it, I had to read it twice in a row because it was just that good. I love when you can combine multiple genres into one. That's kind of been my, my thing lately. So, you know, it seems like so many people rediscovered reading again during the pandemic. (laughs) You know, as someone who covers the book world, is it fair to say there's been this new awakening when it comes to reading? Have reading habits changed? You know, I think it really depends on the person and and how they view reading. I know for me, as someone who is an avid reader, I actually read less in 2020 than I pretty much ever did. Um, I think mostly just because my brain did not have the capacity to just take in anything. And, you know, that was kind of hard for me, actually, because I, I think more than anything, I wanted to sort of escape into another world, but it just was really hard. But I think for a lot of people, they did turn to books as a source of comfort, which I think is great. And I think one thing I've also really noticed is that this year, I think reading has definitely picked up. I think people are getting really excited about books again, uh, especially, you know, as we approach summer, when normally I would see a lot of books, you know, escapism, summer romances, which of course there are always going to be those and those are always great. But I've been seeing a lot of books coming out and books that are popular, that are more introspective. They're more you know, focusing on, you know, our inner world, our thoughts, our perceptions on ourselves, um, you know, gender, sexuality. I think these are a lot of things that people thought a lot about in 2020 as we were sitting at home, you know, with nothing else to do. And I feel like that's kind of reflective in what's becoming popular right now, what everyone's reading. What do you think? I mean, this is just like complete guesswork here, but what do you think it's going to be like as we start re-entering the world? Are people going to put their books down so that they can be out in life again? Or do you think some people are just going to dive in because they're not ready to go back out? If I've seen anything in the last few months, it's that there are definitely two very different kinds of people post-quarantine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you've definitely got the people who are just ready to go out and live, you know, live their best lives. And there are some people that are kind of enjoyed the alone time and, and are like happy to to stay home and, and read a good book. And I think I'd say I'm kind of in the middle, but I think also the great thing about books is that they're shareable. You can share them with people. You can talk about them with people. So I think there's definitely a way to sort of combine those two feelings. Like I know, mm. you know, Shyla and I are in a book club together. I think book <laughs> yes. club is a great way to, to re-enter yep. society in an easy way. You know, just a few friends talking about books they read over quarantine. Like what's better than that? 
It's my favorite thing, honestly. Um, so <laughs> I, I want to talk about some of the trends that are at the forefront this summer. I feel like a huge theme just across all media has been escapism. And sci-fi and fantasy are perfect for this. I know that that's definitely something you gravitate towards. So is there a specific fantasy book that you've read, YA or otherwise, that really sucked you in and helped you escape? I You might finally convince me to read one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, you're totally right. There's something about a fantasy world that just it truly lets you escape reality which is what we all wanted in 2020 yes, I still need um, it honestly <laughs> well one trend I've really been noticing is sort of magical realism especially in historical fiction which again you know I love I love the mixture of the genres so that's something that I've been noticing that I really have been getting into. So one that I read that actually just came out a few weeks ago is The Chosen and the Beautiful by Nevo, which is actually a retelling of The Great Gatsby, which, yeah, is very interesting. Exactly. And it's told from the perspective of Jordan Baker, but Mm reimagined as she's a queer Asian (gasps) adoptee. So you've got like all these added elements. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's fascinating. Um, and you know, it's told from her perspective. So I was a total nerd as you can probably imagine in high school. So like I actually read all of the books I was supposed to read in English mm-hmm. class. So I actually liked the great Gatsby. <laughs> so it was really cool reading it and kind of comparing it to this new, you know, very modern retelling and Vo throws in some really cool, like non-Western magical elements into it that just add a whole nother layer. So that one's really interesting because it is magical, but it's rooted in our reality, which I actually kind of found myself gravitating towards over the last year and a half or so. What is time? Mm, Feel that. (laughs) Okay, so I'm completely predictable as one of BuzzFeed's film and TV editors. (laughs) I love adaptations. And, you know, they're really, they're really also big across media always, honestly. Mm -hmm. Can we expect any book adaptations coming up soon or any that you think are prime to be turned into a film or TV show? Good question. You know, I mean, I love a good adaptation too. And I think they're getting much better than they uh, used to be. We saw Shadow and Bone come out recently, which I... I'm a huge fan of those books. So that was really, really exciting to me. But I think there's just, there's so many books that are just ripe for adaptation. So I know there's already a few in the works that I personally am very excited about. Um, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, I know is in the works. So it's about a famous Hollywood star from the sixties named Evelyn Hugo. And she's basically telling the story of her life, including all seven of her husbands that she had over her lifetime to be written into a story about her, like an exclusive story. She hasn't talked to the press in years. So you're kind of getting this really cool story of her life that's woven in with the story of the reporter who's listening to it. And of course, you know, at the end, there's always a nice little twist. Highly recommend. Listen, if any executives are listening right now, I think you've got a great eight episodes here. Exactly. One about Evelyn, the seven others about the husbands. This is prime. This is this is yes. good. hundred percent. I like that formatting. Well, you know, there is still so much more I want to hear about. We will be right back. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. 
The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes, reveal the truth behind the legendary game True American, and discuss how the show got made with the writers, guest stars, and directors who made the show so special. Fans have been begging us to do a New Girl recap for years, and we finally made a podcast where we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, each week you'll hear hilarious stories like this. At the end when he says, you got some Schmidt on your face, I feel like I pitched that joke. I believe that. I feel like I did. I'm not a thousand percent. I want to say that was, I I, I tossed that one out. Listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Conquer your New Year's resolution to be more productive with the Before Breakfast podcast. In each bite-sized daily episode, time management and productivity expert Laura Vanderkam teaches you how to make the most of your time, both at work and at home. These are the practical suggestions you need to get more done with your day. Just as lifting weights keeps our bodies strong as we age, learning new skills is the mental equivalent of pumping iron. Listen to Before Breakfast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with Kirby Beaton about which books we should be reading this summer. So now we've got to talk about my personal favorite genre, which, as we've already talked about, (laughs) is romance. So I've only been reading it for a couple of years now, but I feel like the genre is really having a moment, especially after the release of Bridgerton on Netflix. So are you reading more romance? Have I done a good job convincing you? And are there any books that you're particularly excited about diving into this summer? Yeah, I mean, you know me. I don't think I had ever read a romance book before I met you, Shyla. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> My influence! <laughs> yes, honestly. No, I yes. mean, I, I grew up thinking romance was, you know, those pictures of the Fabio guys on the cover. Yep. Like, that was what yep, romance yep, 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 yep. was to me. It was trashy <laughs> paper books. So one thing, like, you've really shown me, and I think I've seen over the last few years really grow, is the romance industry not only welcoming way more, you know, queer authors, authors of color, just completely changing the landscape of romance. But I think just modernizing the genre in general. So, I mean, Shyla, you know this, but one of my favorite authors is Helen Huang. She writes amazing romance, like modern romance novels. Um, I'm obsessed with them. And her new romance book actually comes out in August called The Heart Principles. So I've already pre-ordered. I'm like ready to go on that one. Very excited for it to arrive. So that's probably the one that I'm the most excited about. Oh, my! wait, I want to hear about that one. Can you give me like a one sentence plot recap of it? To give a little context, all of Helen Wong's books kind of take place in the same universe. So um, each one follows someone that you met in a previous book. So this is her third book in the series. And it's about um, one of the characters we have met before. He's like a tattooed motorcycle riding guy and uh, he meets sort of a burnt out woman who's not really looking for love um 
kind of they is just are. into one night stands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, of course, naturally, she finds it in an unexpected place, the tattooed, muscled arms of this man. You know, the great thing about romance novels is that there's always a happy ending, and it's something you can kind of escape into. So, you know, some people find the predictability, they don't like it, but personally, I do. I love it, because it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. (laughs) Yes, mm. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Shyla's so happy right now. I really She's am. like, I, I really have that tattooed on me. <laughs> this is my yes, happy place. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on to another genre, memoirs always make great beach reading too. Are, have you noticed any themes that you're seeing by way of more personal stories? Yeah, I think definitely, you know, like I was saying that introspection is a big thing. I mean, obviously memoirs, that's kind of their bread and butter, but I think more than ever, we're seeing sort of more variety in the kinds of memoirs we're seeing in the topics. I actually just finished reading for book club Crying in H Mart, which just came out a couple weeks ago. I don't know if I would describe it as a beach read only because I definitely cried a lot through it. Um, so so only if you're okay with, listen, there's salt, there's salt in the ocean and salt salt in in your tears. tears. It works out. (laughs) You know, good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, if you're, if you're okay with being that one person crying on their beach towel in the middle of the beach, then it's a great read, but no, it was very (laughs) incredible. Heartfelt made me super hungry. It's, you know, the author's personal experiences with losing her mother and, you know, dealing with her relationship with her mother and is just, you know, she's Korean American. So she talks a lot about that. And, um, you know, despite that, I'm not Korean American for all of those listening. Um, but it's still incredibly relatable just because, you know, we all have fraught relationships with our family and, um, you know, we've all dealt with loss in some way or, or other. And, I think reading about the way someone can overcome that is just fascinating to read. It's heartbreaking to read, but she's also really funny. So don't worry. There's a lot of humor thrown in there, Uh, but I would definitely say that is, that is one that um, you should definitely read this summer. And it was, it was really good. I mean, I was only in like the first four pages and I was crying, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, I think what you're saying about just like in terms of the different types of stories we're seeing. And I feel like even before the pandemic, it was a, pretty volatile few years politically, socially. And I think that we're starting to see this trend in books. I mean, have you noticed anything kind of specific in that realm? One weird thing I've noticed is that some books actually mentioning, you know, the last four years, which I think is like kind of wild, just because something about the last four years has felt almost unreal, you know, and, and I think seeing it written down on paper is kind of jarring almost because even in a memoir, sometimes you're kind of still trying to escape your real life. So I think seeing those kind of real life things float to the surface is can kind of take you out of it in a way. But at the same time, I think that the last four years have really brought about a lot of change in the industry. I think we're seeing a lot more authors of color, published books. We're seeing, you know, queer authors. I think the industry in general is changing and the last four years, as tough as they were, have kind of allowed 
us to reevaluate the types of books that are getting published, the types of authors that are getting published, and what really needs to change. And when I look at the landscape now of every kind of genre, it's so much more diverse than it I think it's ever been, which is huge. And I think it, it was really hard getting to that point, but I think there's definitely been a turning point in the last few years. And, you know, obviously the work is not done yet, but I definitely feel like we're getting a lot more diversity than ever before, which is amazing. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? Um, We got to ask this and I don't know what answer I want, but (laughs) what about pandemic books? Are we going to start seeing stories about the coronavirus or not quite yet? Or not at all? Um, What's going to (laughs) happen? You know, personally, I hope not. (laughs) I'm trying to forget it ever happened. Um, I feel like people feel the same way. I don't know that people are interested in reading about it. One book that I did read over quarantine was These Violent Delights by Chloe Gong, Mm -hmm. um, which is actually about a pandemic as well. Very, very different than coronavirus. It's a you know, very magical realism, but, um, you know, she wrote it before the pandemic happened, but it was very surreal being in the middle of a pandemic, reading about a fictional pandemic. You couldn't help but compare and think about it. So I'm okay with that not being a thing. You know, I think even now, like thinking about the roaring twenties, like that's, that's the time period people really want to focus on. And I feel like that's the time period we're in. And I'm kind of ready for us to move into that phase. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we didn't get the 2020, like, New Year's party I was hoping to get or whatever. So, like, yeah, we need a do-over. I I feel you. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, Kirby, thank you so much for joining us and for ruining my bank account. I'm going to go buy all these from local bookstores, everyone. Yes. Well, thank you guys for having me. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember... We've literally already forgotten what we talked about at the top of the show. Short-term <laughs> pandemic memory loss strikes again. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed. Coming to you daily. 
You've always had the feeling that there's something strange about reality. According to the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast, there is. On the show, hosts Robert Lamb and Joe McCormick examine neurological quandaries, cosmic mysteries, evolutionary marvels, and much more. Prosthetics are true testaments to not only human craftsmanship and ingenuity, but also to the plasticity of the human brain. Listen to Stuff to Blow Your Mind on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo.